Sports Pen with you on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops here and delighted to start a new week with you with the latest edition of the Sports Pen. A lot to get into today. We've got several guests who will join us on our phone line, including information from a pair of brothers deeply involved in pro baseball. One of the majors, one of the minors, and one of them will join us on our phone line here about 15 minutes and give us the latest on what they're hearing as far as a restart plan for spring training and an abbreviated pro baseball season that interview coming up in about 15 minutes plus marcus tucker former northern michigan wide receiver currently with the hamilton tiger cats of the cfl he'll be on in about 30 minutes and talk about how this has affected his wide receiver school here in marquette county plus the upcoming cfl season and talk about his new teammates having the draft just a week and a half ago. Plus, we'll talk volleyball with Northern Michigan head coach Mike Lozier. They finalized their recruiting class for the upcoming season last week. All that and more coming up over the course of the next hour. But I want to start with a message of hope uh, because throughout all this, it's been a depressing time. It's been for me. I'm sure it's been for a lot of you that we want some kind of return to normalcy and we want it sooner rather than later and it to me this is a story that gave us hope and for that we welcome in somebody who plays a big role here at ESPN UP Jim Koski our program director is kind enough to lend us his time because uh, the Bundesliga the German professional soccer league is returning to action after a 61 day hiatus this weekend so Jim first of all thank you for being on with us and you've told me this story uh, you know a few times but for those of our listeners helping us get to understand this better how did you become a fan of Bundesliga well it's kind of weird because I personally never thought I would be a sports expert on anything Uh, But a couple of years ago, my wife and I were over in Germany, and we fell in love with a city uh, called Leipzig. And uh, when we noticed a couple of years ago that uh, Leipzig's uh, Bundesliga team had been promoted to the major league in Germany, and they were showing it on TV, we started to watch it just to see if we could see pictures of uh, the city there. But as it turns out, um, the Bundesliga is actually really, really exciting, especially if you're a soccer fan. Well, you you know, you've said to me before that you're a fan of two sports teams, one being the Indianapolis Colts and the other is Red Bull Leipzig. And obviously it's got to be exciting with them returning to action this weekend. But, you know, we, we finally have more sports content here. Korean baseball is probably as popular as it ever has been here in this country. And now uh, all eyes seem to be on the Bundesliga this weekend. You've got to be kind of excited, huh, to see all that coming back. I personally am really excited because when the Bundesliga shut down at the beginning of March, there was a very, very tight title race in that league. Uh, The Bundesliga has uh, traditionally had for many years two really good teams and then 16 other teams. Uh, Now this year, the past couple of years, they've had three really good teams, and those three teams are separated by just five points at the top of the table. And the, the three teams are probably two teams that everyone probably knows about and then uh, another team that they don't. The, the team leading at the moment is Bayern Munich. And uh, Bayern Munich is kind of like the New England Patriots of the Bundesliga. You either love them or you loathe them with every fiber of your being. Uh, they've won uh, the past seven Bundesliga titles. They've won nine out of the last ten titles. And they're, like I said, if you love them, you love the fact that they're just a machine and they win every year. And if you don't like them, 
you like seasons like this because there are two teams that are close to them. Uh, four points behind them would be Borussia Dortmund, which I, I guess I would kind of describe as the Green Bay Packers of the Bundesliga. They're always a really good team. Every once in a while, they'll win a championship. They're the only other team, aside from Bayern Munich, to have won one in the past 10 years. And they have a lot of really good players. And then one point right behind Dortmund would be my team, RB Leipzig. And I think the best way to describe Leipzig is they're kind of like the Los Angeles Rams of the Bundesliga. They're a very young team. They've only been in the league four years, but they have perhaps the best young coach in uh, all of Europe, and they have a lot of really young players who are just coming into their own. So with those three teams separated by just five points, it's, it's for once the Bundesliga season is actually really exciting. Well, Jim, I think all eyes here in America are going to be split between either Korean baseball or the Bundesliga just because we're trying to get some kind of sports appetite uh, satisfaction, what have you. So who are a few players maybe from the time that you've been following? Who are some players maybe if we're trying to get invested that we should be keeping an eye on in the Bundesliga? Well, there are three amazing scores, one for each of the top three teams. Uh, Bayern is powered by Robert Lewandowski, who has been the leading scorer in the league the past four or five years. I had used the analogy that Bayern is kind of like the New England Patriots. Well, Lewandowski would be their Tom Brady, although I realize Tom Brady doesn't play for New England anymore. He's just kind of a machine. He keeps going, and he keeps going, and he keeps going. And uh, he's scored, I think so far, 27 goals in their games uh, across all competitions this year and he's uh, the leading scorer in Europe, if I'm not mistaken. Borussia Dortmund has a 19-year-old kid from Norway whose name is Erling Holland. They just signed him in January from RB Salzburg. In the eight games that he has played for Dortmund, he scored 10 goals already, which shows just how uh, good he is. And then my team, uh, RB Leipzig, has the second-leading scorer in the Bundesliga right now. His name is Timo Werner. And if you happen to have a chance to watch Timo, he may be the fastest player in the entire league, and he's just a joy to watch. Uh, he scored uh, 25 goals across all competitions this season. And earlier this year, he did something that only one other person in German history has done. He had a double hat trick. He had three goals, and he had three assists in one game where they beat Mainz by a score of 8 to nothing. Well, Jim, this is not only... Uh, important and really exciting to see because sports are coming back at least in some sense but you think about where Germany was a couple of months ago when they suspended the Bundesliga season and Europe at the time was the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak in the world and to me it's encouraging with you know you, you, we're hearing things you know we don't know when life is going to return to normal and we're hearing maybe it could be somewhat sooner than later and we're also hearing maybe it could extend to the fall and we, we just don't know where we're going to be. But we see a place that was hit so hard two months ago, and now they start to return to normalcy a little bit, that they're going to get sports back, albeit without fans. But to me, it's a message of hope. And, you know, that's, you know, and for a lot of people, whether you're going to watch Bundesliga soccer or not, to me, that's what I take away from this that is the most comforting. And that's one of the reasons that the Bundesliga is the first major sports league in Europe to start. Uh, like you said, Germany was hit really, really hard at the beginning. Despite the fact, though, that they had a lot of cases, they had very few deaths. 
They've been doing an awful lot of testing and contact tracing in Germany. Uh, they have uh, a very good health care system over there. And uh, they also have people who realize that there are certain ways to uh, stop a pandemic like this through social distancing and stuff. And so uh, while I think some German or some European countries uh, along the lines of like Europe and Spain ha or Italy and Spain had a three to six percent death rate, uh, Germany itself has less than one half of one percent. So now that they're getting to the point where they're opening up again, uh, in fact, just uh, today they've opened up uh, certain schools and restaurants uh, along those lines. I, I, I think, like, he's, like I said before, that there, the Bundesliga is kind of like uh, the beacon that things may someday return to normal, maybe. Once again, Jim Koski, our program director at ESPN-UP, and our Bundesliga experts on the line with us. He's also a... Uh, DJ and an afternoon show host on our sister station, Q107. And I'm glad you brought that up, Jim, because, you know, y y you talked about it being a beak and what have you. It's also going to be kind of a roadmap because all eyes aren't just going to be on the Bundesliga and the Korean baseball organization because, you know, we're that interested, we're that invested in it. But y you got to imagine that commissioners here in America and uh, here in uh, the western part of the world that we're watching this thinking it's kind of a roadmap. Okay, how did they do this? How did they get back to normal? What steps are they taking to keep their athletes safe once they do have athletes uh, back in the stadium and return to action even without fans? You know, what is the Bundesliga doing and how do we replicate that in America as our leagues try to get started? Well, it's funny because the commissioner of the Bundesliga literally said that they're on probation. Uh, they're the test case for the rest of the world. Uh, they decided at the beginning of last week that they would start playing matches this upcoming weekend. They have quarantined all of their players and support staff into either hotels or into team facilities. They can't mingle with the general population at all. Uh, they're giving each player uh, tests twice a week for the first two weeks and then I think weekly uh, after that. And if there's any sign of any, you know, virus spreading or any infection at all, they're taking some really stringent measures. In fact, two members of uh, Dynamo Dresden, which is a, a second, like a minor league uh, Bundesliga team, uh, tested positive for coronavirus. So they basically put the entire team in very intense quarantine and made them forfeit their first two games uh, in Bundesliga too. So it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. They're not allowing fans in any of these games. They're calling them ghost games. And to make sure that fans don't gather outside of the stadium to cheer their teams, uh, they actually have this rule that if police see more than a certain number of fans outside of a stadium, the home team forfeits the game. Are there any any matches we should be watching or anything like that? You talked about the title race. I mean, you've got to be excited for it. I'm sure you're going to be watching here on Saturday when things return. Oh, certainly. In fact, there are two uh, what promises to be really good games uh, both Saturday morning. One of them is what's called the River Derby in Germany, and that I had mentioned Borussia Dortmund is in second place. There's a city right near there called Schalke, and this is a big rivalry match. I guess the the closest thing that I could uh, compare it to would be like this would be a Packers-Bears game. And this is really serious. Uh, Dortmund is in second. I think Schalke is in fifth right now. And uh, that game looks to be really good. And then my team, RB Leipzig, is hosting uh, FC Freiburg. And th this is very interesting because these two teams were promoted to Bundesliga, the major Bundesliga together 
in 2016. And ever since then, they've kind of been tied together. Um, Freiburg does not have uh, the depth that Leipzig does, but they do have a very great midfielder whose name is Luca Waldschmidt, who is on the German national team, and he always seems to give Leipzig fits. So those are the, the two games that you can see on American TV on uh, Saturday. So I would highly recommend one or either of them. Well, Jim, it's interesting, and you brought it up a couple of times, the relegation, because we're not used to that here in the Western civilization sports-wise, but they do that very much over in uh, in Europe, especially with soccer. If you could, tell our listeners about that process. Yeah, relegation is actually a very, very interesting thing. Uh, what happens every year in the Bundesliga is the bottom two teams are basically kicked out of the league. They're sent down to the minor leagues, and then the top two teams from Bundesliga 2, uh, which is the minor, the be like kind of the AAA of Germany, they're sent up to the uh, big Bundesliga, to the big time. They get all the international TV contracts and uh, things along those lines. And it, the third game that you're going to be able to see on TV in the U.S. this weekend uh, on Sunday is when Bayern Munich, like I had mentioned before, the New England Patriots of Bundesliga, they go to Union Berlin, which is a team that for the first time ever joined the Bundesliga this year. And Union is a, a very interesting team in that uh, they've been around for like 45 or 50 years uh, back when uh, Berlin, at least their part of Berlin, was still under communist control. And over the years, they've built this really, really strong and intense fan base, so much so that uh, 10 or 15 years ago, when the team was suffering uh, some major financial trouble and uh, their whole stadium was falling apart, the team's fans actually bought all kinds of wood and metal and paint and basically rebuilt the stadium in which the team plays, and that's uh, where they'll be playing against Bayern Munich on Sunday. Looking forward to seeing how that plays out as well as the rest of the league. And, again, hopefully that's kind of a roadmap for us getting back to normal and the beacon of light, hopefully, for the rest of the world that a place so hard hit just 60 days ago is starting to return to normal. Once again, Jim Koski, our program director, is kind enough to lend us his time, talk a little about the Bundesliga restarting on Saturday. Jim, great stuff. I appreciate you being on. I, you know, it's been fun having you on the airwaves on this station. We'll have to do it again sometime. <laughs> well, like I said, I know one sport and one sport only, so if you ever have any Bundesliga questions, you know who to call. Let's take a time out. More in a moment, we'll have baseball to talk about, and they're playing to restart next on ESPN-UP. First Bank's message is simple. We're committed to helping our customers. I'm E.J. Kostriva, Regional President, and it's especially important at this new and different time to know that your loan officer is a phone call away. And while traditional banking has temporarily seen a few changes, drive through banking is open, and the First Bank staff is here to help make life easier for you. When you need us, let us know how we can help. Visit first-bank.com for more information or call 906-228-7300. We are really all in this together. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, now back to the sports pad. Here's Tanner Hoop. Joined now on our phone line by Tiger Peterson, hitting coach with the Springfield Cardinals double-A affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals, kind enough to give us some time here in the ESPN-UP. And, Tiger, first and foremost, it's always good to talk to you. We go way back, and 
you know, it's always good catching up. But what are you doing here during this quarantine? I know you're hoping that we can get the start of the season coming before later and, uh, you know, we can have it here before too long. But how else have you been spending the time, you know, when you're stuck at home trying to fight the boredom? Yeah, man, good question. Um, you know, everybody's kind of going through the same thing, and it's all brand new to everybody. So just trying to make the most of it and, and stay positive. Um, but, yeah, I've just been taking this time to really uh, dive in on my health and just try to get in elite shape. Um, my roommate, is a, he was a college running back, so I've been trying to keep up with him on the workouts, and he's been kicking my butt, to be completely honest. Um, We've been doing a lot of boxing, bike riding. Um, we ran some sprints today, some uphill sprints. Um, but, yeah, just trying to get in really good shape, eating clean, cooking a lot. Um, so just trying to take that to the next level. Um, so that way when baseball does start up, I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, besides that, I've been doing some uh, some Zoom calls with some other uh, pro and college coaches and just trying to uh, continue to learn. Um, I think uh, having a – open growth mindset is something that's really important um and taking this time to you know kind of dive in on you know some other people's thoughts and ideas and try to try to pick something up during this time is huge so those have been really successful and definitely have learned a lot um but yeah those are kind of the two things that that i've been doing with my time well tiger uh, some backstory for our listeners who may not know tiger and i got to know each other during the 2018 northwoods league baseball season tiger was a manager at duluth huskies and I was part of the broadcast team, and then Tiger, of course, went on to join the Cardinals organization and now is with AA Springfield. So with minor league baseball up in the air, what have you been hearing? Is there any kind of update or anything, or what have you been hearing as far as what we could be seeing for a minor league season going forward? You know what? We're kind of in the same position as you guys. You know, we're getting a lot of our information via Twitter um, and just kind of getting updates. Uh, every couple of days, it seems like there's something new, you know, a new uh, contingency plan and you know, hopefully uh, Major League Baseball can uh, come to some sort of agreement soon and, and figure something out so that way us minor league guys can, uh, you know, hopefully get back to work sooner than later. Um, but, yeah, we're just, uh, you know, trying to take it one day at a time, and hopefully we get some good news soon. And once we do, we know uh, we'll be ready to rock and roll. Well, at the uh, major league level, I know certainly your brother, Jock, plays uh, with the Dodgers organization, and, you know, they're – at the point where they're starting to make some decisions, starting to put in a, a phase reopening plan, what have you. And has there been anything that maybe you've heard, Jock has heard anybody that uh, would pertain to Major League Baseball, you know, whether that be they're going to play at three different sites around the country if some home parks are open. Have you heard anything like that? Um, just the latest that's, uh, you know, been circling around on Twitter. Like uh, I mentioned on the last comment, I think it changes every day, so it's hard to, kind of buy into one thing or the next um you know a couple of weeks ago it was you know everybody's playing in arizona and you know shortly after that they moved it to uh you know three different sites um and now you know there's talks about playing at major league fields uh the regular home stadiums um with no fans of course so i think uh you know that's another one of those things that's uh it's easy to get caught up in in all the different ideas and contingency plans out there but uh I don't think at this point anybody really knows exactly what's going on. Um, so, you know, again, just taking things day, one day at a time, and, and hopefully they figure out something soon. I know, uh, you know, we all want to get back to baseball, and I know those uh, jock and, you know, some of the other guys want to as well. So um, hopefully they can get back sooner than later. I know we all uh, we are all itching for it. Well, I know that uh, with minor league baseball, you know, fan attendance is so – 
instrumental, it's so central to the game and for keeping a lot of these organizations afloat. Is there an optimism or is there a hope that there's going to be a minor league season or where does that stand for you as somebody who's a part of this? You know, I'm always uh, one to be very optimistic and positive and try to keep the hope. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can get back and play. Um, but that's all we can do right now, you know, is hope and prepare. Um, I think that's uh, the most important part is continue to prepare as if there's going to be, uh, you know, something coming sooner than later. And that way, when we do get the call or if we do get the call, then we're ready to ready to rock and roll. And I know, uh, you know, we've been doing a good job of doing that. Um, and that's really all we got right now. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of moving pieces at play and we just kind of got to wait and wait and see until we get some better news. Um, but, you know, we're all kind of in the in the same spot as far as that goes. So. From a minor league aspect, is there anything that you'd want people to know, the general public and baseball fans to know uh, regarding struggles pertinent to minor league baseball they wouldn't necessarily face in major league baseball at this time? Um, minor league baseball is a little bit different than major league baseball given uh, the sponsorships and the TV viewing. Um, you know, obviously major league baseball has, you know, they can sell the television rights and, and sponsorships as well. Um, and so there's quite a big market there where minor league baseball is a, a little bit different than that. So that's probably the biggest difference um, from that standpoint. How about from a coaching aspect? How has this challenged you or, you know, you've implemented Zoom, what have you? How have you been going about trying to do your job as a coach through all this? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, obviously everything's uh, – everything's came to a sudden halt. You know, we got sent home from, uh, from spring training, um, right around the middle of March. So we're coming up on about seven ish weeks or so, um, of this quarantine life and, you know, just trying to, trying to make the most of it and get better each day. But, you know, as a coach, you, you are very limited with your in-person interactions. I mean, you know, they kind of halted. So, uh, limited might not be the right word, but there's no interaction. Um, so, you know, everything is, is virtual, so you got to get creative. Um, you know, the Zoom calls have been great for, for staying on top of different things, um, you know, checking in with players and, you know, just calling to make sure they're doing okay. I think that's a, the biggest point right now is, you know, just making sure players are doing all right, you know, coworkers, family, friends, um, anybody, you know, everybody could go for, you know, a phone call. How you doing? You know, just checking in. Um, there's a lot of people struggling with a lot of different things right now. Um, so it's important to just, you know, reach out and, and do your part. So I think as a coach, you know, that's probably the biggest thing with me, um, you know, keeping relationships strong and making sure uh, all my guys know that I'm there for them um, through thick and thin. You know, this is, a, this is a really tough time for a lot of people. So um, just trying to be that, uh, that positive light for, uh, for others and, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it can pay off. Um, but, yeah, for right now, that's, that's kind of what I've been doing. Once again, we're talking with Tiger Peterson. He is the hitting coach of the AA affiliate St. Louis Cardinals, the Springfield Cardinals. Tiger, you know, uh, spring training was cut short to the point where I don't know that we had rosters finalized at all levels. Do you even know at this point what, what athletes you would be working with at the AA level, or is there even a roster in place, or are you just kind of going with an idea and kind of reaching out to those guys? Um, you know what? They're, you know, minor league spring training didn't even get started. So when – I reported early. I was in big league spring training, um, and the day I was going back to report to the minor league side, 
when all our minor league players had arrived. Um, that was actually the day that we all had got set home from Florida. Um, so no minor leaguers, um, you know, that reported for the minor league report date had got any work in. So there's definitely no rosters finalized, anything like that. Um, you know, it's just kind of we got to wait and see and, and hopefully get, get back to baseball so that they can start making some moves. Um, but, yeah, as far as that goes, you know, you kind of just take your best guess. Um, last year I coached at the high A level. Um, so, you know, I had quite a few different players come through there. Um, and so I just try to keep in contact with all my guys. And, you know, it's uh, before – before I started coaching the St. Louis Cardinals, um, I coached at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Obviously, like you mentioned, Duluth Huskies um, in the Northwoods League as a manager um, and the California Collegiate League as a manager. Um, and, you know, I've had, you know, quite a few different players who have gone on to continue playing and some who are, you know, wrapping up their careers. But as a coach, I just try to check in with everybody. Um, and at the start of this thing, I, I would just take a couple guys a day and just kind of get in touch with them and just let them know I'm here for them. And, um, you know, if I can do anything, um, feel free to reach out. But sometimes, you know, those phone calls go a long way. And, you know, just reaching out to guys and let them know that, that you're here for them, um, you know, is, uh, is really, really important. So, uh, you know, we can't ever lose sight of, of reaching out and just being, you know, opening up that line of communication. Some guys are, you know, more open to speaking than others, but, uh, yeah, I try to keep good relationships with all my past players, whether it's from the collegiate level or the, or the pro level. And yeah, that's kind of, uh, kind of the bread and butter right now. Just trying to, trying to stay on top of it and, and let people know that you're here for them. Yeah. And the good message for all of us here during this time of isolation, social distancing, what have you, how about some other conversations you've had with members of your coaching staff, some of your coworkers, what have those been like? Yeah, everybody, you know, is kind of asking the same questions that you're asking, trying to figure out, hey, have you heard anything? Uh, you know, are we going to be going back to work? When are we going? What's going to happen? What's the season look like? You know, there's a lot of question marks floating around right now. And I think, uh, you know, nobody's got the right answer, but there's definitely a lot of speculation. So, you know, sometimes you go down the rabbit hole and, you know, can talk about certain different things. And um, But at the end of the day, you know, nobody really knows what's going to happen. Um, but I think uh, – the common theme, you know, that, that I've been hearing is just stay ready. Um, you never know what's going to happen, but if you stay ready, then when we do get that call, then we'll be off the ground running. Um, so, yep. Well, Tiger, there was some unfortunate news last week that came out that Major League Baseball is going to shorten their draft from 40 rounds to five. And I get why they're doing it. They're going to save a lot of money for Major League clubs and try to – uh, operate business as usual for them but that's a thousand players who aren't going to hear their name called and get drafted and you were somebody who was drafted past the fifth round your brother was as well and it just what would be your message for players like that that might have to make a go of it as an undrafted free agent in a situation where otherwise they wouldn't have to be yeah great question um you know there's a lot of guys outside the top five rounds who end up you know having a successful career or you know, even get an opportunity to play a couple of years like myself. Um, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, is it's out of our control as players, as coaches, um, and you just got to make the best of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of different routes that guys take, you know, whether it's free agency or independent leagues, but you always hear those cool stories of, you know, the underdog who goes from an independent ball league to, you know, playing in the big leagues or, you know, undrafted free agent or, 
whatever the case may be. So, you know, the it might look a little bit different now with the adjustment of the of the draft for this year. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to make the most of, of what's at hand. Um, and I know for sure college baseball is going to be very, very competitive next year. Um, you're going to see a ton of guys um, and a ton of competition across all levels of college baseball. So that'll be really exciting um, to see how see how that all pans out. Well, I know this is kind of an open question. It's probably tough to answer because this is so unprecedented. But a lot of these guys who are borderline, maybe a fifth round draft pick, and they don't end up hearing their name called. What happens for them? Do they go back to college, and that's part of what you talked about being a really competitive college baseball season? Do they play independent league baseball, something like that, or do they try going uh, for an undrafted free agent spot in the majors or the minors? I mean, what happens for a lot of those guys? Yeah, I know. It's a good question, you know, and it's going to be individual decisions, everybody kind of doing their own thing. Um, But I think you listed all the options that are viable and you know, it's just going to come down to the kid and what's right for him and his family. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, you're going to see all those options exhausted. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be individual circumstance for each kid and doing what's best for them. Um, but I definitely uh, can imagine seeing a lot of a lot of those players returning to college and, you know, continuing their year as they, you know, everybody gets another year of eligibility um, back. So, you know, a lot of guys will take advantage of that, I'm sure. Tiger Peterson is the AA uh, St. Louis Cardinals affiliate hitting coach, the Springfield Cardinals, and he's kind enough to give us some time here in ESPN-UP and give us some insight on what's happening at the baseball level of things, both major and minor. Tiger, it's always good talking to you, man. Stay safe, be well, and I'm sure we'll keep in touch here as the, uh, the this all goes on. Yeah, definitely, Tanner. I appreciate you having me on. Um, good luck with everything, and, uh, you know, talk to you soon. Let's take a time out. More in a moment on ESPN-UP. Here's Tom from Donkers in the Delft. Actually, we're going to fire up relatively soon, I hope, and have some takeout. We're going to definitely start out with the takeout and the uh, curbside stuff. We can't wait to do that. I know everybody's waiting for the poutine and the uh, Donkers mac and cheese, and we can't wait to mix that all together. And Shane's downstairs making chocolate. We're working hard on making a lot of sea salt caramels and... uh, Really getting excited to have everybody come by the door or come inside the door. We're going to make sure everybody's safe and sound. Tidings, fresh savings now. You know, one of the things I love about shopping at Tadix Econo Foods is the amount of community involvement. Yes, I shop there because of the fresh produce and full-service meat counter and the incredible deli. But it also makes me feel good to shop somewhere that does so much charity work for our community. Just one more reason to shop at Toddix Econo Foods. Toddix Econo Foods, fresh savings now. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. wide receiver currently with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL and he's kind enough to lend us his time and let us know what's going on in his world and Marcus first of all thank you again for being with us obviously you've got a lot on your plate right now with the CFL season supposed to be starting here in a couple of weeks and you know with the coronavirus outbreak that's 
that's tough, you know, to logistically make that work and everything. But before we get into any of that, I want to ask you, how are you spending the time here in the outbreak and with the quarantine, what have you? I've heard a lot of different stories. You know, I've heard I've had coaches on here that are talking about, uh, you know, they're doing work. They don't have time for anything else. I've heard younger people around our age talk about how, man, they're doing puzzles, Legos, video games, stuff like that. How about you? How is Marcus Tucker spending the time in the quarantine? Um, man, this, this quarantine, I, I've really been spending a lot of time, uh, working on my, my, the spiritual aspect of my life, man, been doing a lot of reading and walking and praying with God, uh, first and foremost. Secondly, um, I've just been staying ready, staying in shape, man. I've, I've, I've been, uh, training still with advantage. Shout out to my trainer, Dustin Branchow. I've still been training with the, uh, with those guys via Zoom. Um, we're doing the same sort of things and and branch has been awesome enough to uh have this new software where um you get on an app and you can log in and you know you'll be able to get your numbers do your workouts those sorts of things and then we're able to track that and work out and see each other and see what we're doing as a group through zoom so everything's been um kind of business as usual as far as the workout tip goes um, and I've actually added a, a, a couple more things. I've added a boxing regiment as well to my workouts. So uh, I've just been um, staying ready, staying in shape, and um, occupying my time with, with a lot of reading and, and working out and just being able to spend time with my family. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because Branch obviously does a great job working with a lot of area athletes, what have you. And I know you had a wide receiver school you were planning on doing up here during your off season, but how has that been affected? You know, I obviously not being in the UP anymore, how has that all been affected by what's been going on? Yeah, uh, so wide receiver U was affected uh, because we couldn't really finish up. Um, we had uh, more weeks left in our camp. And um, we, we just weren't able to finish due to the virus. The gym had to be shut down. Um, so, unfortunately, uh, wide receiver U had to be shut down. So, um, it's, it's, it's a terrible situation. And um, we had a lot of guys come work with me. And um, I just enjoyed working with those guys and teaching those kids a couple of techniques that hopefully they'll be able to use this year. I tell you what, Marcus, from talking about you and with you, you know, about how you've spent the time during the pandemic, I can tell you, uh, you've been a lot more productive than I have and what have you. But uh, you <laughs> talked about some of your workouts with Dustin Branch. Yeah, and of course, he does a wonderful job and everybody here in the UP uh, pretty much knows him. Anyone who's involved with sports and how he's done his job. And you talked a little bit about it, what some of the workouts are. And, you know, if somebody was interested in getting involved with Branch, what would they need to do? You know, what the, what could they expect if they decided that this was the right uh, formula for them? Um, well, first of all, if you want to get into contact with uh, Branch, uh, you can go to AdvantageSportsTraining.com, hit them up there. Uh, they're on all social medias, Advantage, um, Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, all of those uh, social media outlets. The, shoot, shoot them a DM or whatever. Or you can go, like I said, to AdvantageForceTraining.com. Um, now, on another note, when and when you decide to make that transition into working with Branch, um, just know that he's going to take your game to the next level. Um, he's going to make things uh, specifically for you and what you need um, as far as playing your sport because he is uh, sports-specific. Um, 
you know, it's vintage sports training. So, I mean, when you do make that, uh, you know, when you do make that, that decision that you want to work with Branch, it's making it specific for you. You're going to be in the best shape of your life. Um, all of his workouts are phenomenal through the roof. And um, they've taken me and a plethora of other players' games to the next level. Uh, I could start naming off people, but at the end of the day, um, nothing is going to be more uh, feeling right than your own. Nothing's going to be more uh, – what's the word I want to use? Nothing is going to be more uh, personable than your own experience, right? Like you feel what you go through, right? So just go give it a try. Give it a shot, man. Um, it's not going to hurt you. It can, it can only help. So just give Ed, Edge a shot, and you'll see um, – you'll see your game be taken to another level. Marcus, how has this affected you in the sense that, you know, you're with the Canadian Football League, you're playing for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, a team that was a great cover and rub a season ago. And obviously it's a summer sport up there in Canada. The CFL plays primarily during the summer, an 18-game schedule, what have you. How has this affected you in the sense that as you're trying to prepare for what's been uh, kind of an abbreviated uh, maybe plan for trying to get ready for the season and how or what you have heard from the CFL? Um, from what I've heard, uh, I, I talk periodically with my position coach, um, and I also just got off of a Zoom call with my position coach, with my wires, uh, with my uh, offensive coordinator last week. Uh, with the rest of my receivers, we was bless uh, blessings up because we was able to like meet our whole group and the new group of guys that we got coming in. Everybody was able to tune in and just talk. And so that was cool. But um, basically the information that I have right now is that um, we don't know when the season is going to be able to start. You know, there's been some rumors and things floating around about maybe um, around August. And that's if everything goes great, maybe we'll be able to figure something out. But as of now, um, Everything is sort of up in the air, and um, I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with our season. Um, all I know is I'm staying in shape, and I'm ready, and uh, I pray that things move more swiftly than late <laughs> than later. So uh, I pray that we, you know, get a season soon. But um, regardless, I'm going to be in shape. I'm going to be ready whenever I get the call to say come play. We're talking with Marcus Tucker, former Northern Michigan wide receiver, currently with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. You know, Marcus, you talk about the season potentially maybe not starting until August, and obviously it'd have to be abbreviated if, if that were to be the case. Uh, but yep. I, I don't know if fans would be able to attend CFL games this year. I don't know what – I'd assume it'd be very unlikely. Uh, but what would be your message for fans, you know, if – if it were to be the case where the season starts in August, they're not able to attend. And, you know, speaking to Tiger Cat fans, what would you want to tell them? Um, well, the only thing that I could tell Tiger Cat fans is um, whatever happens, uh, just keep your hopes. Um, we want to be in front of you guys. We love you guys. And, and we're going to bring home that trophy this year if we get an opportunity to play. So um, we're excited for whatever we have to come, whether it's a season um, in 2021, whether we are able to start this season this year, um, just know that uh, I'm ready whenever they give me the call. And um, 
we're all hands on deck, and, and this, this, this group of guys are ready to go ball out for you. How about your team overall, what you have coming in this year? What, what If we do have a season, and hopefully we do, what do you expect out of the Tiger Cats this year? Um, I expect us to be, be right back where we were. I expect us to hoist the trophy this year, and um, I know that those type of expectations are, expectations are, are uh, tough, you know, to, to grasp. Last year we did something historical. And um, it's going to be definitely tough to match that. Uh, but I think we have the talent in the room. We have the great coaching staff. Um, and we have to just come with the right mindset. You know, nothing is going to be given and nothing's going to be easy. Um, we have a target on our backs for sure because uh, we're the e defending East champions. Um, and teams are, are ready to give us their best shot every week. So uh, with a shortened season, um, if we do have a, you know, if we do are able to have a season this year with a shortened season, it means that we have to get started fast, you know? So um, with being, with, with starting my expectations as holding up the trophy, you know, we, we won't be able to do any of that if we don't start fast. And that means winning week one, you know? And so we'll get the ball rolling from there. So at the end of the day, um, expectations for me is, is a championship. I want to be a champion. Um, and so uh, that's what my plan is to do, win every game on the schedule. And that's what I plan to do. Uh, let us help. Let me do my part, help this team, and let us go with the right mindset. And I don't think that's anything that we couldn't do. Well, you just had your CFL draft about a week and a half ago or so. Tell me about some of your, uh, your new teammates, some guys that maybe you're excited to be working with and uh, some of the guys coming in with the Ticats. Well, um, Honestly, the guys that I'm most excited to work with are uh, the new receivers. Um, you know, when when you start playing the game of football, um, you start to meet people from all different walks of life, from different places and different regions, different parts of it, just all this. You know, I'm literally coming from a different country now and playing with uh, different guys, you know. So, um I'm just excited to build a bond with the receiver group that we have. Um, and I'm excited to see some of the newer guys come in. You know, I'm excited to see Ohio State uh, receiver Devere Posey. Um, I'm excited to see some of the younger guys uh, that we drafted come in um, and, and see what they have and see what they could bring to the group because we're chasing the championship. And um, being able to meet some of those guys in, in, in the Zoom call um, let me know that they have the right mindset, and so together we will be strong. Have you had any, you know, physical conversations one-on-one -on -one or so where you've actually been able to talk with some of these newcomers? Yeah, uh, we talked to the newcomers. Like I said, we talked to the new newcomers via Sky, uh, via Zoom. I'm sorry, um, on our uh, group Face or not Facetime. I'll keep wanting to say Facetime, and it's not. It's Zoom. On our group Zoom, um, we were able to talk. And so um, in there, it was a lot of general, you know, conversation and everybody was kind of trying to get at the guys. So and have their chance to like speak with those guys. And I, I really just was uh, sitting back and just observing, you know, I'm not too outgoing um, when it comes when it comes to that aspect. But, uh, you know, I was able to sit back and just analyze the conversations and listen to those guys. And I just know that they had a right mindset to come in here and help us win. And that's what's most important. So I'm ready to meet them. I'm excited to meet them and I'm ready to build, ready to grow. 
Marcus, last thing before I let you go, what's going to be the biggest thing for the Tiger Cats to have success this season, provided, of course, and, you know, I hope to God that we do have a CFL season. Mm, I would say the biggest thing this year is, uh, honestly, the only, we got to understand that the only people that could beat us is us. If we show up with the right mindset every day, um, it's definitely possible for us, no question, to be back where we were last year, and there's no question that we don't have the talent to host that trophy. Um, so with that being said, um, we take it a day at a time, and we just keep building, we keep growing, and we keep getting better. Um, I'm excited because I feel like the sky's the limit for us. Marcus Tucker is a former uh, Northern Michigan wide receiver, currently with the Hamilton Tiger Cats at the CFL, and he's kind enough to lend us his time here in ESPN-UP. Marcus, thank you again for being with us. Always a pleasure talking to you, man. Stay safe, be well, and we'll keep in touch. All right. Thank you so much, Tanner. I appreciate it. Let's take a time out. More in a moment on ESPN-UP. First Bank's message is simple. We're committed to helping our customers. I'm E.J. Kostriva, Regional President, and it's especially important at this new and different time to know that your loan officer is a phone call away. And while traditional banking has temporarily seen a few changes, drive through banking is open, and the First Bank staff is here to help make life easier for you. When you need us, let us know how we can help. Visit first-bank.com for more information or call 906-228-7300. We are really all in this together. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. From the Apple I Store or Google Play. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along as always. Joined now by Northern Michigan Volleyball Head Coach Mike Lozier. He's kind enough to give us his time and talk about his incoming recruiting class. And, Mike, I don't even need to ask how you've been spending the time here in quarantine because, well, you've been busy. You put together a really good recruiting class. Got to be excited about the group that you have coming in. Yeah, we really are. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a really solid group. Um you know, we've had girls committed from, you know, a year and a half ago all the way up until like last month. And so, yeah, it's been it's been busy. It's been a unique challenge um, kind of showing people around uh, Marquette Northern virtually. But uh, it's also been super exciting, especially with these girls we have coming in the fall. You know, and I want to talk about some of the players individually and get to know them a little bit better. But you talk about the way that it's different trying to recruit with these unprecedented times. And you talked about a little bit, showing them virtually. But how, how did you have to adjust and go about recruiting players this way? Uh, you know, the, the, the toughest side of it is, uh, you know, we always, with Marquette and, and Northern Michigan, uh, once you get these people on campus and get to show them, you know, how beautiful our location is, what we have to offer in terms of facilities, uh, it makes the job really easy. And so when you're not able to do that, um, you just got to find creative ways to uh, to show them really what we have to offer. And uh, it just requires a lot more communication. Uh, it, it requires trust uh, from both the coach and the athlete that, you know, we're, we're giving them, you know, facts and, and that what we're saying is true and, and same with them. You know, we usually this time of year, we would be in the gym watching them compete. Well, now we're going based on film, which, you know, film can be deceiving. So it has it has been a challenge, but it's also been exciting just to get to know these kids and, and set up, 
you know, a path forward um, in the future of recruiting. Did you find anything that worked specifically for Northern that was a, a, an integral part in your sales pitch? Anything that seemed to work pretty well specific to your university? Yeah, so the big thing with Northern is they've done a really fantastic job of uh, having a lot of online opportunities. So uh, they can do a virtual tour with somebody in admissions. They can uh, speak to professors directly uh, with any questions they might have. Um, so the university as a whole has done a fantastic job of getting things online up and moving to give that you know, potential student athlete a real glimpse into what it's like. Well, Mike, let's talk about some of the players that you do have coming in as part of this class. You have six different players coming in. Uh, let's go through a few of them individually. Megan Meyer, tell me a little bit about her. So Megan Meyer's from the Grand Rapids area downstate. Um, she actually played for uh, a AAU club that I used to coach for. Um, she is a middle hitter um, but has a ton of versatility. She can kind of play anywhere, which is a really – big thing uh she does come from a high school that i believe finished runner-up in the state tournament so a lot of positives has been around success knows what it takes uh, and then i mean I'll, I'll say this probably for every one of them but she's an incredible person a great family a great student and she's going to be you know a huge uh bonus to be on our roster you've got and i hope i'm saying this right anaya hyatt is that how you say it? uh it's anya 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 Hyatt, yep. So she comes from Wisconsin. Uh, we actually, she was uh, a unique case where she actually just popped into my office one day and said, hey, I'm on a tour at Northern, and I wanted to talk to you about volleyball. And, you know, that's not a very common thing to have happen. And so we met her. She's, I mean, right when you meet her, and she's 6'3", so immediately kind of drawn to the height. But uh, getting to know her, um, her skill set, she comes from a little bit of a smaller area, so the level of competition that she's competed against has been relatively low, so it'll be a challenge, I think, for her to get up to speed of our game, but I think once she does, she's going to be a fantastic uh, part of this program, and, and again, she's, she's one of those people that's just an excellent student, and so she uh, she's only going to help our program in, in a multitude of ways. Yeah, I look at some of the accolades for the young woman from South Elgin, Illinois, and Angelina Negron, and I tell you what, it's uh, pretty impressive what she's been able to put together. Yeah, she's uh, she's the most recent recruit that we have. She actually committed sight unseen, uh, so she never stepped foot on campus, was never in Marquette. Uh, the recruiting process began late, so um, it all started. Uh, my assistant coach, uh, Gonzalez, she saw her right before we kind of got shut down and said she's fantastic we set up a phone call uh got to know her and she she's one of those people that you know in recruiting it's hard sometimes you have phone conversations and you feel like you're given a lot you're not getting a lot in return um every every phone call we had with angie has been just awesome she's a ton of energy a ton of excitement and a great personality and um she's got the skills to, to go with that so we're really excited about her too how about Evan Layshock? Tell me about her, and I, I hope that's, again, how you say it. We'll get to know these girls' names as uh, we get to see them compete. But what will she bring to the table? Yes, Evan, uh, Evan again, another late addition. We were, uh, we were kind of holding our cards close to the vest for a while with our scholarship and wanting to make sure that we're bringing the right type of player. Uh, and I, I happened to see Evan out at a tournament and was really impressed with just her presence on the court. 
uber competitive, fantastic teammate, not afraid to take big swings and big moments. And, you know, one of our deficiencies last year was our depth on the outside. And uh, Evan is going to be a great uh, addition to that, is going to add to our depth. And even as a freshman coming in, I think she has opportunities to see the court early on and, and really uh, make her presence felt. I look at some of the accolades for the young woman from the Wisconsin area, Jacqueline Smith, and boy, that's that's an impressive resume she put together. And I'm looking forward to seeing what she can do for your squad. Yeah, Jacqueline, her and I started talking about two years ago. She's in a, a unique situation. So her sister, Lexi, is a member of the NMU women's basketball team. Uh, her brother also attends Northern. So her, it's a family affair. They all love Northern and her parents. We're really excited. We started talking, and, and Jacqueline, Jacqueline has uh, probably like greatest level of potential in terms of seeing the court right away. Uh, competed at a high level, played club at a high level, uh, you know, and she just has that kind of winning pedigree. Her mom played volleyball in college at Wisconsin, so there's a there's a lot of uh, potential there in Jacqueline, and, and she's polished enough where I think she could have an immediate impact for us. And then finally, you have Corin Parmenter to round out your six-player recruiting class. Tell me about her. Yep, Corinne is uh, from downstate Michigan, uh, kind of near the Detroit area a little bit. She uh, she is one of those players that has just raw athleticism, and so she's going to take a little bit of polishing, I think, to really come around. Um, but she's got that type of killer instinct where she wants to get better. She's willing to show up and work hard and and take direction and, and get better and you know she's going to fit in really well with this entire group of freshmen that we have coming in because i think each one of them brings a unique talent and corinne is the same as the rest in terms of her academic success and what she's going to bring in terms of energy to the court is going to be is going to be fantastic coach do you expect anything else to change with your recruiting class you think you might add another piece or two or is this probably going to be it I think we're looking at um, what it's going to be for the class of 2020. And uh, I think with 17 players, uh, it's right around the number I'd like to have. Uh, and, and one of the things when I came in and three years ago was uh, I said, I want to make sure that every player on this team is going to contribute in some way. And, and I believe that, you know, we've created a group of athletes now where they're just going to be firing on all cylinders. We should see a ton of success both on the court, in the classroom, in the community. Um, their presence is going to be felt in all those areas. I'm just really excited for them to get back on campus and we can get to work. Once again, we're talking with Mike Lozier, Northern Michigan volleyball head coach, previewing his recruiting class in the upcoming season. Coach, let's give a little love to your assistants and uh, those who are going to be helping you out on staff, whether that be in the weight room, on the bench with you. Is the coaching staff pretty well intact uh, returning from last year? So we actually uh, we lost assistant coach Kristen Pickett. Uh, she moved down to Texas. But uh, we've added Pookie Gonzalez as our assistant coach. Um, just about She started about a month before um, – you know, the virus shut us down, and she's doing an amazing job. You know, I talked about the unique uh, circumstances with recruiting, and, and Pookie's done just a fantastic job uh, adapting to what recruiting's like right now, making sure that these athletes are being heard from us or hearing from us. And, um, you know, we've also, another exciting addition, is we're adding uh, a senior who graduated last year, Sarah Keene, who was a 
instrumental part to our success and our growth as a program. She's joining us as well next fall. Um, and she's, she's going to be great. Her energy um, is unmatched. Uh, she cares a ton about everybody and about this program. And so she's going to bring a lot. Then you kind of mentioned the, the weight staff, the strength staff. Uh, our strength coach, Jenna, has been just amazing during these times, posting workouts every day. Um, and so our girls have been following along with that, making sure they're staying in shape because, you know, those teens right now that are willing to put in that extra work are going to lose um, aren't going to lose as much ground as a lot of people will during this. So I'm really excited uh, to have all these people be a part of our program, and they're going to we're going to have success because of it. How about you as a coach? How do you go about making sure that the team is going through their summer programs and coaching from afar, basically? I know I'm sure it's got to have a lot of Zoom meetings, but what challenges have you faced and how have you adapted? Yeah, so we've really tried to stay in touch as much as possible. Uh, but the reality of the situation is when this summer hits, so, you know, semester ended last weekend, uh, we're not allowed to really contact them or work with them or, you know, we can't require anything. And so the way you uh, allow your team to continue to grow is you put the right people in charge with your captains. And, you know, we have three captains this this year, coming year, with uh, Sierra Martinez, Haley Wickstrom, and Ali Yako. And I think all three of them are really going to do a great job leading this program uh, checking in with the team over the summer, making sure people are doing their job so that come fall, we're not spending any time knocking rust off. We're ready to go. And so I attribute a lot of our success moving forward. I'll, I'll say right now, it's going to be because of the work that our senior leadership and our captains have been doing. Coach, I know it's got to be tough to try and predict right now. There's a lot of logistics that go through what uh, do you have kind of an idea of who's going to be on your schedule? I know some dates are tentative with everything going on, but you know the, your your GLIAC opponents, and if you could preview the GLIAC for me, what to expect? Yeah, um, so conference is always super deep um, and tough, and I don't think this coming year is going to be any different. Uh, you know, unfortunately for us northern people, I fully expect Michigan Tech to be. Uh, the top of the conference. Um, they have some returning players that have doing, done some great things that are going to be seniors. Um, and then you can never count out Ferris, who's just been on a tear over the last five years. Um, but then I think after that, I think there is just a bunch of teams that are in the mix, um, ourselves included. Um, we're going to be, you know, I anticipate having a lineup on the court that's different than it was last year. And so nobody really knows what to expect from us, which I look at as a positive. Um, and then in the south, you have Ashland, who's always, always good. Uh, new coaching staff has been there for just uh, a couple of years, and so there'll be a lot of change in that program. And then Grand Valley is your Wayne State's, your Saginaw Valley's. All those schools have potential, but I truly believe that uh, a good achievable goal for this program is to be top four, so the top third of the conference. I think that's where we're going to have to fall. What's going to be the biggest factor fundamentally for your team to get there? What do you guys need to do right? Um, I think the biggest thing is that these, you know, we've been highlighting these incoming players and it's going to be, how do they show up prepared? Are they going to be able to jump into the game at our speed, at our level um, right away? And if they are, I think the sky's the limit for this program. If they're, if they're not, we might see some stumbling early on, um, but regardless, the talent that they have and we have across the board with this program has the potential to, to be great and, and get 
Mike Lozier is the head volleyball coach at Northern Michigan, kind enough to give us some time and preview his upcoming season. Always good talking to Mike. All the best going forward. We'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thanks so much. That's it for us here at ESPN-UP. Join us tomorrow, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. Until then, I'm Tanner Hoops for ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishtabing Marquette.